welcome back to episode three of Finding Your Fearless, a Melbourne Vixens podcast hosted by me, Joe Weston. Finding Your Fearless is presented by our proud partner, Deakin University. Like me, you can learn from the best with Victoria's number one university for teaching quality. This can take your practical experience from the classroom to your career. This means you can be confident you'll get the job you want with a degree employers want. Deakin University, progressive real-world learning. Today's guest needs very little introduction as she has been a star of the netball world for quite some time. She's one of the very few athletes who have played 100 games for Australia, and she has also competed at three Netball World Cups and two Commonwealth Games. Along with this, she has back-to-back Super Netball titles with the Sunshine Coast Lightning. Known for her love of animals and coffee, Caitlin Bassett, or Seabass as she's known to many, joins me from New Zealand. Welcome Seabass, or Caitlin Bassett, should I say. We're being official. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I can't call you Jojo Coco at the moment? Oh, no. <laughs> I thought that was our little secret. That's my hidden nickname. Not many people know that one. Okay. All right. We, we can edit this bit out later. It's fine. <laughs> That's true. Um, you're over the ditch. This is my first remote interview. I've got the technology working. I know the quality might not be as good as what my huge listener base are usually used to, but how is New Zealand? It's great, Joe. Uh, to be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed you didn't choose me as your first guest, but I understand your love of the bombers. And so, uh, you know, McDonald's Tip and Woody, fair enough. I, I understand that and, and it's very close to your heart. So I'm, I'm very honoured to be chatting to you now. Thank you. He is our number one ticket holder. And I guess now that you're not affiliated with any uh, Super Nepal <laughs> team, maybe that's a position we could consider you for next year. What are your feelings about the Vixens? Yeah, look, I um, I look good in navy, so it's a good colour for me. I'm not one to say no to that. You guys are the reigning premiers, so you know you want to go to a successful team. So uh, let's get your people to chat to my people. I think like playing sport in Melbourne and living in Melbourne is actually something that I've never had the opportunity to do. I've been down there and watched the million AFL games and obviously played a million games of netball there, but it must be pretty different like just living in this sporting mecca day in, day out. It is pretty cool. I've always been a sport lover myself, as you mentioned, my love of the Essendon Football Club. But there definitely is always something on offer and we have such big international sporting events too, the Grand Prix, the Australian Open. I'm a big tennis fan. So it is very cool. Maybe you never never say never, Seabass. You never know what could happen. I know. And also my other favourite thing, which is coffee, uh, you know, known for its great coffee. Although Kiwi coffee isn't so bad. I've been doing a lot of exploring. That's been keeping me busy. Um, and most places, the girls have already said that I'm the best person to sniff out the best coffee. So I feel like I've made an immediate impact on the team over here. Oh, I like your kind of like a, a coffee raider. I, um, all of the coffees over there at Double Shots, you'd be a bit disappointed with me. I currently have a decaf coffee. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Who no, am I? Why would you do that? Number one, decaf coffee, like decaf just tastes different. I don't really enjoy the taste of decaf. I feel like it doesn't taste like normal coffee. And number two, that's the best thing about coffee is that it gives you that little pep up. Do you not use it for um, performance? I do. I've already had two regular large coffees today and I just wanted a hot beverage and tea just didn't seem to cut it. So I've gone for the D decaf option. So I normally do like the caffeine buzz, but 
We'll move off coffee, even though we could talk about coffee all day, right? I know. Coffee coffee and dogs is, you know, two things that we get stuck into talking about most often, don't we? We'll definitely talk about your beautiful <laughs> puppy, Chino, later on. And thanks for the uh, feedback on our dress. Where do you see our new Indigenous dresses this year by Puma? Because normally we play an away match, so it's our jade slash teal colour, but we've got a home match for Indigenous round this year, so we've got a navy Indigenous dress. And I caught a sneak peek at training this morning, and it looks really nice. Very cool. We just had our heritage round, oh, yeah. the last round for us, which was really cool. And it was all about celebrating the history of each of the clubs. And obviously Magic is one of the oldest clubs and one of the most successful clubs. Um, they've turned out some pretty incredible athletes, um, you know, Laura Langman and Casey Kapoor and um, Irene Van Dyke. So, yeah, it's been really cool celebrating that and obviously learning a bit more about Maori culture while I've been here. But I think the funniest thing, and if you saw my Instagram during the week, was finding all the old photos oh of God. the team in their playing <laughs> uniforms, and in particular, Laura Langman. I don't know what it is about Kiwis, but they have a lot of their photo shoots in barefoot, which <laughs> I just think is like hilarious. Like, why, why would you be barefoot in these photos? It just baffles me. And who's giving away, you know, pictures of their feet for free this in this day and age, you know? Like, be charging for that sort of stuff. <laughs> oh, there's some OnlyFans content right there. <laughs> I did love all of Laura Langman's different hairstyles through the ages. She sort of oh. had like a front fringe, a side fringe, a bob. She had every single option under the sun. It's true. And um, I, do, I do feel bad. I was poking a little bit of fun at her, but yeah, just. The, she was playing since she was so young and so you literally you just see her grow up across the photos it's fantastic well you've also been playing netball at the elite level since you were pretty young you grew up in Perth over on the west coast and I don't know about you I had a growth spurt pretty late in life but we were always a, an above average a tall girl at school um yeah I guess so I think it's like the age 11 I must have shot up a bit um I was probably about six foot tall then and that's when I first got um, I guess, noticed and got asked to play netball because before that I wasn't super sporty. Uh, I did horse riding um, and I played a little bit of a t-ball as a kid, but I'd never been really targeted for any sport. So, yeah, I, I was pretty tall when I was around age 11. Um, and then I think by the time I was 13, I was pretty much the height I am now, which is six foot four. So I did oh, shoot wow. up pretty quickly. Yeah. Very annoying. Very annoying when it came to the school disco. I had no one to dance with my own height. Um, finding clothes to fit me was um, a bit of a, a pain in the butt as well and still a challenge today. But, um, yeah, I guess it gave me an advantage on the netball court. When I was young, um, I got picked up in lots of teams I probably wasn't too ready to play for, but I got given the opportunity because lots of coaches saw potential in me. Well, I think you can be tall, but you also need to be talented when it comes to playing a sport like netball because it is very competitive, especially at the, the top tier. I do think we could probably start a group chat of all of the netballers over six foot about where we could locate the best jeans. Have you had any insight over in New Zealand? Do they have specialty stores? Oh, there's been no specialty stores over here, um, but there is a shoe place here called Willow Shoes and they have sizes 11 and onwards. So they Ooh. have like shoes for bigger people and I went there and bought two pairs of boots when I first arrived. So 
I'm, I'm pretty lucky in that regard. Um, obviously, Asics kits me out with all my netball shoes and all my runners. But when it comes to like a nice pair of boots that doesn't have a huge heel on it, I've, I've really struggled. So I was really lucky with that hookup. And um, yeah, I'm definitely going to be stocking up on a few more pairs of shoes if you want to put an order in. Oh, I'm interested. You're boosting the uh, New Zealand economy, that's for sure. I'm pretty lucky. I have <laughs> yes. semi-regular sized feet given my height. Maybe that's why I fall over so much because they're not big nah. enough to balance me out. <laughs> I feel like you can still wear heels, Joe, because I mean you're tall, but you're not like what are you like six one, Matt? Six. I think I'm six one and a half. I I don't quite hit the six foot two unless I'm wearing sort of uh, pretty bulky shoes. But I'd, I'd round down to six one as females tend to do, right? I'm just stooping, literally and metaphorically. You could wear heels, and I'm pretty sure you do wear heels out, and then we'd be the same height. So it's fantastic. Whereas. I don't want to wear heels and hit my head on like um, doorstops and things like that. So, or roll my ankle because that would probably happen because I've never worn heels before. So actually me and Shani wore heels at World Cup one year and that was disastrous. So yeah. Oh, you two would have been towering and terrorising over everyone <laughs> in those venues. So you have played at three world champs. I was lucky enough to play with you at the most recent uh, tournament over in Liverpool. You've had two gold and then we lost in 2019 to New Zealand by one goal. I think there's a lot of highlights in there, you know, shooting that winning goal in Singapore and same with that amazing team you had in Sydney in front of a home crowd. Is there, you know, if you had to pick out one moment out of, you know, that 12-year span, is there just one you could pick or are there so many? (laughs) It's funny, and I feel like we talk about this sometimes when we're on tour. Uh, kind of the wins and the losses all become a bit of a blur in the end. It's just it's the funny things that you do off the court, and you know maybe a roommate you had that um, you know you, you just had some fun experiences. And um, I did get room with Shani a lot. I don't know if that was a punishment or <laughs> uh, or not on my behalf, but uh, it was it was quite entertaining because I think when you room with Shani, you forget you're actually in a stressful situation because she just makes it so fun and uh you know she would steal my clothes half the time uh she would lose everything and then I I still have half her clothes like when I look at my old training gear all has SL on it because she's we've done so many swapsies over the years but no like obviously winning um the the finals and the championship is incredible um and getting to celebrate all that hard work afterwards um you know I think for me you know, the ones that we've played at home. So uh, when we played in Sydney, that was amazing. My family was there to watch. Um, when, you know, we had, even though we didn't win when we were in the Gold Coast, the Gold Coast is probably one of the most amazing Commonwealth games I've been to. So like those type of experiences, I think, um, yeah, they're just ones that are going to stick in my mind. And yes, winning gold is amazing. Uh, winning silver is still amazing as well, just because, uh, yeah, it's something that a lot of people were never going to get the opportunity to do. Definitely. Walking out uh, to the at the opening ceremony at the 2018 Com Games on the Gold Coast, I don't think I was mentally prepared for how emotional <laughs> I would feel at that moment. Like you see it on TV and the Olympics and the Com Games and I was like, okay, we're here, we were waiting, waiting and then when we finally got the opportunity to walk out, it was just surreal. And how cool is that, I guess, like for us netballers, we don't get to go to an Olympics. So a Commonwealth Games for us is a multi-sport competition where, you know, you guys train at the VIF, you see lots of athletes from different codes and 
um, you know, I'm the same in Sydney, um, seeing lots of different athletes and just obviously living in different states. I've got to know so many different athletes from different sports that when you get to go to a competition and, and you get to do things together with them, it makes it so much more special because, you know, everyone knows what each other's going through. You can go and have a watch of their sports. They come to you. They come to netball because netball is always the, the last medal to be decided, which is a little bit unfair. But I think that's probably like the best thing about Commonwealth Games is that it's so much more about Team Australia versus just netball. It does sort of transcend any of the sporting rivalries you see like internally in Australia. You know, we obviously have club netball and then we have uh, trans-Tasman rivalry. But when everyone there is representing their country at the same time, it is something that's really special. Speaking of Shani and stealing clothes or swapping clothes, she definitely was the team thief when we all played in the Diamonds together. She made some interesting comments recently about having to step away from playing AFLW because for her it just wasn't um, a plausible option given the semi-professional nature of the sport still. What is, um, I'm not really that educated as to what the situation over is over in New Zealand. Is everyone over there who plays professional netball, are they full-time athletes? Are some of them still working or studying? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I think definitely here they're still juggling things. Um, and uh, Netball New Zealand is doing a great job, I guess, in uh, following the steps of what Netball Australia's been doing with the Players Association and making sure that athletes have access to tools um, to make sure that they can study and can work. Um, all of the girls, I think, bar one or two, work or study in my team. Um, and that's pretty cool um, because it's nice to know that they have um, things they want to achieve off the court as well. And um, a couple of the girls have finished their studies. So um, Georgia Tong, who's one of our defenders, she's done um, psychology and she's currently working at the moment. Um, we've got girls who have finished degrees. Sammy Winders is um, doing creative writing and wanting oh, wow. to get into writing, which is really cool. Um, and, you know, we've, we've got a couple of teachers and girls who are studying teaching and things like that. And I think for the young ones in particular, a lot of them are still living at home, um, which is really good. It is expensive living over here. The the cost of petrol is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> How it's much is it? A dollar ten. Is it? Oh, two dollars ten. Two dollars ten. Two dollars ten. It's ridiculous. Yep. And the cost of food is also very expensive. So, you know, the young ones are living at home as long as possible. Um, the ones that are in the Ferns program, I'm not too sure. They I think they've got a bit of a different um, situation, but. Basically, within the team tier, you're you're on a tier. So you can have – there's five different tiers, and so two players are going to fit in each tier. And so basically, oh. depending on where you're ranked in the team is dependent on what pay you get, which That's- is just a little bit different and different to what we experience in Australia. So I guess, like, it's quite funny. When you are getting signed over here, you, you like, talk about what your ranking is or, you know, you might be ranked – you know, second in one team, but you might get an offer from another team and they might say, well, we're ranking you in, in the, the third tier. So, you know, you have to weigh those options up as well. That's really interesting. The AFLW, I know they pay players in tiers too. Perhaps I do find within our netball circles, you know, that we don't have that um, clear cut. And maybe if we had that and there was more transparency, we might not have had the issues over on the West Coast in the last couple of years. But who knows on that? New Zealand is definitely much more progressive, I think, with motherhood and playing elite sport. Do you have any uh, young children running around at training in your club? Uh, so we don't. So Grace um, Cara, is she's got a two-year-old boy uh, mm-hmm. and he's absolutely adorable. But she lives in South Auckland, so she commutes pretty far to get to training. Oh, so wow. he doesn't 
he doesn't come to trainings. Um, her partner looks after him and she's got a lovely family that helps out heaps as well. Um, but after the game, it's really cute to have him there. And uh, Edna Makari has her daughter's 11 now. So she's not exactly a little one running around the court. You know, <laughs> we went down and watched her play netball the other day, which is oh, awesome, so following sweet. in her mum's footsteps. But I think, um, you know, what's really um, amazing about New Zealand is, it's, you know, the cousins and the nieces and the nephews. And um, we often do have a, a lot of beautiful children running around on court because, you know, Auntie Tamalisi is playing or, you know, like Auntie Georgia and things like that. So I really like that side of things. Um, before we played our game on the weekend, we had this huge school bus of children come down from Fakatani. And they did the haka for us as we walked in, and that gave me absolute goosebumps. So, you know, things like that, which we don't often see in Australia, are very common here in New Zealand. And I would love to see more of that in Australia. I would love to see, you know, some more kids coming down to the court or, you know, if you've got little nieces or nephews coming out to the court uh, because, you know, they're, they're great memories to have. And, um, you know, to have a family member who plays elite netball is a pretty special thing. That is so beautiful. I feel like they've really sort of got that, uh, family and tribe vibe that just kind of creates a different atmosphere. It's not just grassroots netball, but it's just really holistic on that front. That must be really special. I'm a bit jealous. <laughs> yeah, it is. I think um, it's quite different here. Um, uh, you know, I thought netball is netball and wherever it's played, it's the same. But even just the diversity, um, different body shapes out there playing, mm-hmm. um, you know, one of the girls laughed. Um, and said to me the other day, you know, when I look at the Australian team, you guys are all blonde and skinny. And <laughs> and I think, yeah, it's true. Like, we are yeah. quite similar. We've got similar body types. Um, you know, a lot of us are blonde and we love to tan. Um, whereas, tan, you know, the Kiwi girls, yeah, the Kiwi girls, you know, they're, they're, they're really in touch with their culture. Um, obviously, there's some Islander girls, um, you know, there's some white body girls, you know. I think they kind of embrace who they are and the differences and um, and, and they have different styles of, of gameplay as well, you know. We've got um, two young shooters in our team um, that play out in front of me or sometimes, you know, Keek plays back and both of them have really, really different styles, which I think um, it's exciting to see and um, it's something that we're seeing more and more at the, at the international level. It's not just one type of player that's coming through. There's lots of dynamic different players, um, one's, you know, that can jump really high, ones that can move fast, ones that, you know, use their brain and, and just different types of dynamic players which are really being embraced now. I think across international netball is great. Well, I hope you're not giving away too many of our diamond secrets <laughs> to the opposition. That is an evil love, Seabass. Um, you're living, I can't pronounce, you're living in, is it Mount? Mount, Mount Manganui. Mount Manganui. I can't say that. I'm so sorry. Mount Manganui. Yeah, Mount, Mount Manganui. Manganui. I, you know, like the girls have been educating me in a lot of pronunciations because, uh, yeah, the spelling and things, the way that things are said over here is, is a little bit different and I don't want to sound silly. Yeah, me, well, me neither. So that's, um, that's a beachside <laughs> town, just, is it? Is it like You can just call it the Mount. The Mount. Everyone yeah, knows like a local. it as the Mount. Yeah. Um, that's a beachside yeah, town. It's on the coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes me an hour and 30 minutes roughly to get to training depending mm-hmm. Um, because we train over near Hamilton, which is where a lot of the girls are based. But when I looked at um, a couple of the different locations that I would be allowed to live and train at, I immediately was drawn to um, the water because I've always lived near water. Um, and, you know, I love getting up early and going down to the beach in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I think there's just a vibe. It, it reminds me a lot of the sunny coast. So it's really nice to be here. That sounds like a beautiful 
beautiful place to live. But uh, you have your partner, Adrian, over visiting now that the travel bubble has finally opened. Um, Has it been difficult, I guess, being away from your regular support network, your family and friends back over in Oz, especially when that bubble hadn't opened yet and there wasn't sort of a set date as to when it was going to start? Yeah, look, I think the it was really stressful just getting over here and I was really lucky that the Diamonds um, were playing a test series and went through quarantine and, and you, you know, we all sat in MIQ together. It was really mm-hmm. nice instead of having to do it by myself in just a hotel room, which yeah. was potentially what was going to happen if the Diamonds weren't going to tour. So getting over here was really stressful. Um, and then once I got here and got settled in, it was, it was tough, I guess, knowing that my family couldn't just pop over and visit or, you know, my partner and things like that. Um, but the girls did a great job of making me feel at home and we were so busy the first month that I was here that I kind of didn't notice it. I just had my head down and was trying to do as much as I could to fit in and, and to get myself sorted here um, and my house and living situation set up. So now that the border's open, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, there's been a few cases here and there uh, in Australia and New Zealand, so I'm hoping that the border does stay open for as long as possible. But um, it's funny over here, they obviously want as many Aussies to come over and, and help boost the economy and mm-hmm. so there's there's bits and pieces that you can do around town. You can go to the Glowworms at the moment if you're Ooh. an Aussie for free. So I'm going to go do that with Adrian while he's here. Amazing. Um, Maybe I'll pop over. Yeah. Come see the Glowworms with me. Um, yeah, and so obviously like tourism over here relies a lot on the Aussies and so they want as many Aussies coming over here and um, just getting amongst it. And I guess now it's getting a little bit colder. There's um, been some snow down in Queenstown. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, just the opportunity now that um, ski season's starting up I think we'll see heaps more Aussies come over but definitely like to get some more of my family members over um, and and experience it here because it's pretty cool. Yeah I feel like there has been obviously a lot of negatives that have resulted from our various countries going into lockdown but I think tourism has you know struggled but I feel like it's a very unique situation where things that would have been notoriously busy due to international travellers and just um, throngs of people now might be slightly quieter so it's a different sort of tourism experience which is kind of cool because it might not last for that long. Yeah I know like how how nice is it not to be fighting crowds and doing things Mm. like that and even like on the mount uh you know it's a holiday destination and so when you go down to the cafe strip on a long weekend it's absolutely packed and busy Um, we spoke about our respective uh i was about to say sons and daughters but you know fur babies is probably the better term to use so chino your beautiful mountain dog he is back across the pacific in sydney is that correct that's right so oh no. when I first when I first came over, I didn't know uh, where I was going to be living or if it was going to be pet friendly or not. So I came over here and got settled, and then was planning on getting him shipped over, but didn't realise how expensive it was going to be. I think oh no. because of COVID and the borders being closed, um, it's upwards of five thousand dollars one way wow. to get him over here. So. He's pretty happy in Sydney. He's living in uh, Balmoral, for anyone who, who knows Sydney. Um, and he's quite the dog about town. He goes for a walk every day. <laughs> he goes past the Greek shop and they give him some little nibbles. He goes past the fish and chip shop and he gets some scraps of fish and chips. So living he's put life. on a little bit of weight. I know he's living the life. He's getting very, very spoiled. So, yeah, lucky. Well, I'm sure it won't be too long before you are reunited with him. I'm, I'm sure he's quite... He's well known around the Sydney docks. You know, I'm sure people 
like, oh, that's Seabass's dog. He's looking a bit lonely without his beloved owner. We'll just give him a few extra treats. We'll give him some big pats, <laughs> on, you know, on behalf of Seabass. And uh, Lulu the cat as well. Can't forget Lulu. I know. And the rabbit. So I'm really oh, yeah. lucky that, you know, one of my rabbits is still at home, Big Wee Wee. He gets looked after very well. But <laughs> Name, the other one, <laughs> Big Wee Wee, the other one, Jojo, is currently being a rehab rabbit for Kira Austin. So oh, I'm yeah. glad he can... He can help her out. As soon as I found out, obviously, her getting hurt, I rang her and said, you know, do you want me to find another place for Jojo? Like, I don't want you to have to run around looking after him. And she said, absolutely not. Um, I need him. He's my little rehab mm-hmm. buddy. So I'm, I'm glad that she can get some fur therapy and hopefully get her back out on court as quickly as possible. Yeah, that was such devastating news for, um, for Kipper, especially just in round one after she'd had such an amazing debut for us um, and the Diamonds and then was looking really dangerous over the last year. So best of luck to her for her recovery. Now, I do want to uh, just clear something up for my huge listening base. Is Jojo the rabbit named after me? Confirm or deny? Uh, you can say maybe. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, Definitely look, not. I, I watched Jojo Rabbit, the movie, mm. just before I got him. So it can be you, but it also could be Jojo Rabbit, the, the amazing movie. So, yeah. That's yeah. fair enough. That's by um, that New Zealand director, isn't it? Yeah, he's so funny. He's done a lot of cool things. So, yeah, it's one of my favourites. A little bit of dark humour, just what I like. So uh, what have you got going um, on away from the court? You've been working with a protein company, that is correct. I've seen you doing a little bit of influencing. It's not just influencing, though, is it? It's not just ambassadorship. No, it's not. So during lockdown, um, a friend of mine got in contact and he said, uh, look, I'm looking for, uh, you know, not just a brand ambassador, but, um, you know, a partner to, to get behind this protein company and start this protein company. And I was kind of like, uh, I'm not sure. And then he said, you know, I've got another athlete involved, Sean Johnson. And as soon as I heard that name, I was like, oh, yeah, this could be interesting. Um, you know, they were based in Sydney. So I went and caught up with the, the group and, um, started talking to, you know, the various people who are involved. And, um, you know, for me, I've never done something like that before. I've always come in as like an athlete um, mm-hmm. ambassador. So you're kind of the last person that comes into place. And it's obviously about promoting a brand or getting involved with a brand and a company. But this, for me, was actually sitting down and, and talking about what I want as an athlete in terms of what I want something to taste like, um, you know, experience that I've had with other proteins or things that I'm putting into my body um, as a female, um, you know, what I'm trying to get out of training, especially for, you know, getting into the gym and, and getting stronger. So I got to do all the taste testing and, and talked about um, what actually the ingredients were and, um, yeah, got to be in there from the ground floor. So that was really exciting. So it's called P3, um, which is called Purity Plant Protein, um, and it's actually uh, organic and um, vegan. So it's, uh, it's you know, it's not made from animals. It's plant-based, which is amazing. And it's um, using some really cool ingredients that we've never used before in Australia. So hydrolyzed pea protein. Yeah, that sounds really fun. If I'd been more organized, we could have done a live taste test. Um, <laughs> obviously, this is an audio format, so probably not that enjoyable mm. content for everyone listening at home. But I'll keep an eye out for it, and I'm sure other people listening will be intrigued to see how it grows and how it develops. That's really cool. Are you doing much? Um, I know you're – are you still at uni or have you finished now? 
No. So my degree is still ticking along. I'm yes. doing a unit in leadership this semester. I'm actually finishing one of my last uh, uh, assignments now, which has been really good, obviously drawing off the experiences that I've had playing netball and captaining the diamonds. And then I've got one more class to go next semester and then I get to graduate. So it's very exciting. That is incredibly exciting. I feel like it's been a long time coming for you. So you'll have a big group of people at your graduation. I can I can bet on that. <laughs> <laughs> I just the reason why I slowed it down and did one unit this semester and one unit next semester is so I can go back to Perth and graduate with my family because they've been listening to me whinge for the past twelve years. Uh yes, I've done a three year degree over twelve years. Um <laughs> and so I think Standing up and finally getting that piece of paper with my name on it is testament to, uh, yeah, just being able to balance things and keep chipping along, even though at times I've really wanted to quit and give up. That is very impressive. I think a lot of people who had had to slow down to one unit at a time would have given up a long time ago. So I'm very excited for you to finally finish and finally graduate. Do you think that will be the next time we see you back home at Aussie soil is when you're wearing a cap and gown or hopefully we'll see you back a bit sooner than that? Yeah, well, our season's going to finish around September um, and then obviously just wait and see what happens with Aussie bits and pieces. So um, I've got a visa here for 12 months. So technically I'm allowed to stay in New Zealand um, for 12 months. So, um, but yeah, I would love to get over to see my family um, in Perth now that the border is open there um, and spend some quality time with them because I didn't get to really see them since WA had such harsh lockdown rules over, um, you know, COVID last year. Yeah, it's been a long time to be separated from the people you love. So thank you very much for joining me. Best of luck for the rest of the season. Is there a way people over here can tune in to watch the netball in New Zealand or is it a little bit difficult? No, absolutely not. It's free to air um, for anyone so they can jump on and stream it. If you head to the Netball New Zealand website, um, you'll find links through there. So that's how I've been telling my family to do it. Um, yeah, it's called the ANZ Premiership. So all of the games are live. Um, Whatever state you live in or whatever country you live in, you can jump on and watch them. So, yeah, pick your favourite team. Hopefully it's magic. Um, <laughs> uh, and, yeah, and get, get cheering. Very cool. Are you enjoying the Monday night games? We used, You know how we used to play them back in the ANZ I Champs know. days? It feels feel weird going back to that, I think. It, it kind of is because it just messes up your weekend. Like you have no clue what day it is. So <laughs> because we get like we do recovery and stuff like that and then we actually have tomorrow off. You kind of Tuesday and Wednesday becomes your weekend and it mm-hmm. blows, throws you out of um, of whack. So, yeah, it's a little bit different. And, um, you know, we've had a, a fair few Monday night games. So, yeah, it's just getting used to it, I guess. But having um, having crowds at the games is just so, it's so amazing this year. That's what I've loved the most. And regardless of what day you're playing, they're always there. They love netball here in New Zealand. That's really sweet. And I think Magic being one of the longest standing netball clubs in New Zealand probably means they have a pretty loyal fan base. Would that be correct? It's true. And do you know what they have here that all the fans have are these cowbells. And I remember (laughs) back in the day, and you would probably remember when we used to play the Trans-Tasman competition, you'd come over here to play and everyone would have these bloody cowbells that they'd be ringing and they'd be deafening. Well, I actually own a cowbell now. So I feel like I've totally converted they're fantastic. Um, also, you would love it here just because I drive to training past all these dairies and there's these beautiful calves and little lambs out running mm. around. So it really is animal heaven over here. Well, it sounds like you are living your best New Zealand life. 
Hopefully some of our listeners can tune in and stream some of the magic games as well as supporting the mighty Melbourne Vixens uh, (laughs) over the next few months. But thank you for giving me some time on your recovery day today. And I guess hopefully we'll see you all back over in Aussie soil sometime soon. No worries. Thanks for the chat and good luck against the Giants. Oh, yeah. Thanks, (laughs) Seabass. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode three of Finding Your Fearless. Finding Your Fearless is presented by Deakin University. At Deakin University, every single course is backed by industry experts. This means you can be confident you'll get the job you want with a degree employers want. Deakin University, progressive real-world learning. Tune in next week.